Welcome to the WMKT Week in Review. Welcome back to the WMKT Week in Review. I am Nick Rudy, your host. Thanks for joining me this bright and early Sunday morning up here in beautiful northern Michigan. We have our fall colors really uh, hitting their stride right about now. Um, it was actually, so uh, this is going to be so many tangents. So I really love the Pure Michigan commercial campaigns. Uh, I don't know why. Anytime I see them when I'm watching Hulu or just like stumble upon them on YouTube or whatnot, it just sends, it just fills me with this deep sense of pride. Um, and I love Tim Allen's voice. And I don't know, I've always been a, a big fan of Pure Michigan commercials. And where was I going with this? Oh, yes. So I, um, <laughs> while I was at work, I was just like sitting here and I was like, oh, I'll go on the uh, Pure Michigan website, see what what's new. And they said peak season for uh, colors in the UP is already over. And I always keep forgetting because, you know, down here, I think we're just about to enter it here, you know, on uh, 25th, maybe this week in general. Um, and but, you know, the UP, it's so much quicker that I think the last day was uh, on Thursday, like of like their prime color. Obviously, it still looks super great up there. But um, but yeah, the the fall tourist season is in effect uh my uh something extended family uh has a uh, operates hotel up here and it is uh all of the retirees are up here for their fall tours and just flooding the hotels up here so one last hurrah and then it'll be a little bit of a downturn for our tourism industry up here uh until the uh, the snow really starts holding on uh probably in january that's another thing that um, I always think of winter starting kind of in mid-November, but the snow doesn't really start sticking until December. Um, my, when I was growing up, my parents uh, used to have a bet with our, uh, I have two siblings and then me, um, What we'd like, you know, $10 bet for when the, uh, the first inch of snow would stay on the ground. And I always would be way too early because I always thought it was like, oh, I go like November 25th, but... My dad's a meteorologist, so it's also not fair. Um, so, anyway, we'll get into actual news instead of telling you all of these uh, weird uh, seasonal stories that I have, apparently. All right, the uh, the first story, um, it's going to be quite the turn here uh, from that light conversation to now this. Um, but I wanted to lead off with this story because this was a massive, massive story covered by the media for some uh, you know, for mostly good reasons, uh, maybe a little bit of political angling as well from some of the major news, uh, not just nationally, but also regionally. Um, so, you know, it was a long awaited update to the Lee Chatfield story. I remember, you know, because this is a very, very popular story, um, even nationally, but also mostly in Michigan and especially here regionally, you know, the 107th covers much of WMKT's airwaves. And so this is one of the biggest stories that broke here in Northern Michigan in a long time uh, of such a pure scandal. Um, you know, if you remember back, former Speaker of the House, Lee Chatfield, he was the representative from the 107th District, accused of sexually abusing his younger brother's wife, Rebecca, for a period of 12 years, beginning when she was 15 and, you know, into adulthood uh, and... The biggest problem, I mean, there's many, many problems with that accusation, but one of the bigger problems was he was a teacher at that school that she was going to as well. So there was, um, you know, that uh, different level of power element as well that makes it even more illegal um, than just the sheer age 
Um, so there, you know, there's been an update, and you may not have heard about it um, or seen it. You know, we we've, we've put it up on our social media on Friday as part of our regular newscast. I mentioned it on the newscast Friday, obviously as well. But it's not gained as much traction, and it's kind of because the story was a bit of a nothing burger. Uh, Chatfield was under investigation as well for misuse of funds. That story, that story particularly, was not mentioned uh, in the uh, the news that broke Thursday night into Friday. Uh, so the Michigan State Police uh, released a statement: they're no longer investigating the sexual assault allegation. Turned its findings over to the Attorney General's office. According to the State Police, it is now up to the AG office to complete the investigation now i'm no law expert i listen to some crime podcasts every once in a while actually much in a while i listen to them a lot but makes me by no means any expert on litigation and uh, how a criminal investigation goes but i will say that with this story not being as heavily covered and politicized um you know you don't hear it in major news networks you're not hearing it even a, a whole lot regionally the state police haven't released any, you know, shocking findings beyond what's already. I mean, which is understandable because the the shocking stuff already came out. He already admitted to the affair, but there's no angling from any network or any uh, political advocacy group or political party, um, kind of waving their flag, saying innocent or guilty. Um, so it's kind of been a bit of a nothing burger, like I said, because you don't really know where this is going because. Again, I'm not a law expert, and this is generally how cases go. They turn over the evidence to the attorney general's office or prosecution for these sorts of things. But there's just really no indication like, all right, we found a whole bunch of really, you know, stuff that's super, you know, damning. And they're not, they haven't really made any accusation of that level. um, And it's not really been leaked by anyone. So kind of seems like this story just kind of might. I just totally can envision the story. There's a settlement somewhere or whatnot, and, you know, the family's fractured, but as far as political implications on elections or a major news story, it really seems to have just kind of fizzled out. Uh, We'll obviously keep you up to date on any updates, and I'm sure there will be some minor updates that come out, but for right now, nothing major has happened. And if anything is to come out of these investigations into former Speaker of the House, Lee Chatfield, it probably will be something to do with his, you know, his finance issue, um, which I don't know, is going to be a whole nother, whole nother story for another day. Uh, So far, there's nothing been new, nothing new on any of the uh, mismanagement of fun accusations. So um, we'll keep you up to date on that section of the story as well. You know, continuing on actually for our next story in the 107th before we break here. Um, House 107 State Rep. John DeMoose introduced a bill that would close loopholes that make it hard for prosecutors to convict passengers who try to smuggle weapons into airport sterile areas. Everyday items such as knives, mace, or other illegal items are seized at security checkpoints. Whether there is criminal intent or not, passengers can still face serious charges, but there's that loophole that allows many of them still to fly on the day that they broke the law. House Bill 6123 allows police officers to make immediate arrests of any passengers under criminal intent, but still allows the passengers to fly on a case-by-case basis. So it was mentioned in the story, and it's, you know, kind of common knowledge that, you know, 16-year-old Johnny, you know, he's going on family vacation, and he has his pocket knife in his backpack or in his pocket or, you know, on his suitcase or something like that. Obviously, he didn't intend to do anything with it. 
And a lot of the times, though, that still can result in serious criminal charges. However, most of the time, you just there's the the law was super, um, you know, unclear, and so most of the time they just kind of just were like, all right, and just let the person go, um, you know, because like in the written story, they're like, oh my gosh, I had that in my pocket, you know, oh my gosh, you know, I'm sorry, whatnot, um, and so they have to really decipher whether this person's being genuine or not. Well. Under this new law, the person's basically immediately put under arrest, but the police are still allowed to be like, you know, do a investigation air quotes over here. Um, you need know, to really see if it was truly an accident or not. And it doesn't seem like it's going to be a big issue still. It's not like they're going to throw you in jail if you accidentally brought something, but they're going to have it more than just their, you know, regular TSA security guy with his wand determining whether or not. You should remain to be able. You should be allowed to fly, even though you really did break a law. Now, the I, the reason I kind of put this story after it uh, after this story is because Lee Chatfield actually tried to care. It was completely accidental, but he had his gun trying to go into the airport, which is a you know obviously the the biggest no no of all. Um, a lot of these incidents where someone accidentally brings stuff. It's a sharp object, a butter knife, you know, a kitchen knife, or even you know a pocket knife, um, or mace um that women often carry for protection purposes as well um you know some of those sorts of things now, obviously if you have a gun there's really not a whole lot of i accidentally packed my gun sort of thing um but you know you could leave your pocket knife in your pants and have that packed and you forget about it that that happens but you know lee chatfield he somehow managed to survive uh you know not going to jail i think he did end up actually paying a fine that was like his last year in office so um i think demoose is trying to um you know this this bill, whether you like it or not, um, be you know it, you could you could like this or you could not like this, but regardless, uh, I think Demuse is ever continually trying to separate himself um, from Chatfield, and uh, you know this bill definitely helps. You know, like oh, you know this there was a security breach by the former representative, and then you know Demuse hasn't really mentioned it, mentioned Chatfield by name, you know, when proposing this legislation, but. There's always a little bit of an angle to every bill that's passed. Um, you just kind of read into it. Um, but so, you know, they said this is not going to result in any serious um, delays day to day. You know, obviously, if you don't bring anything, there's no extra level of security being thrust upon you. Um, but as far uh, so, you know, don't expect any more delays. But if you do accidentally have a, a pocket knife, you know, perhaps be ready to be shackled up for you know a couple of minutes and having to explain yourself to a police officer instead of a, a tsa agent and then they will determine your fate all right we are going to take a quick break we'll be right back with the wmkt week in review on 1023 and 1033 fm 1270 am triple talk wmkt lost our minds the drag thing in our schools drag is a performance we've been watching it for centuries no we haven't drag came about the way it's being done now alongside the sexual revolution and it is deeply tied to gender non-conformity an overhaul of all traditional norms none of which have a track record of improving psychological outcomes for adults or children the glenn beck program on wmkt 
The products and services we buy cost as much as they ever have. From a dozen eggs or a gallon of gas to your monthly haircut, which means it's never mattered more where you spend your money. When you shop a store with a door, 88 cents of every dollar stays right here in our northern Michigan communities. When you shop nationally, that number drops all the way to 43 cents, less than half. Your dollar might seem less valuable than ever, but it's never mattered more to your community. Shop a store with a door. A service of Triple Talk WMKT. You might listen to the radio by yourself, but you're certainly not alone. Together, radio stations like this one reach more than 90% of Americans every single week. Six times more than Sirius XM, five times more than Pandora, and four times more than Spotify. Whether you want news or sports talk, top 40 or country, local AM FM radio is always there, 24-7, 365, 100% free. Thank you for making AM FM radio a part of your week. Message furnished by this station. Hey there, and welcome back to the WMKT Week in Review. You're listening to 102.3 and 103.3 FM, 1270 AM, WMKT. Now, this story is a bit of a shocker. So, Northern Michigan students uh, apparently enjoy, or at least more so than their peers across the state, school. According to the latest data from the Michigan Department of Education, School attendance dropped below 89% across the state last year. However, in northern Michigan, school attendance remained in the low 90th percentile. On average, there was one notable outlier in the data for northern Michigan, though. But before I want to get into that, and if you weren't listening to the morning newscast on Monday, I want to surprise you with that shocking detail. So before I give you that, I want to go over some other local school district attendance percentages uh, so that you can compare to the shocking announcement. Arbor Springs was at 92%, Pelston 91%, Alanson was at 90%, Charlevoix was at 92%, Boyne Falls and Boyne City were both at 92%, Inland Lakes was at 94%, Wolverine was at 88%, Sheboygan 91%, and Gaylord at 90%. All right, the shocker. Petoskey's attendance rate was an abysmal 63 with a majority of the student body, 58% of them, deemed chronically absent with an attendance rate of just 40%. I know they are getting a new superintendent, but I am shocked that there's not been a bigger firestorm over this. I will say that I, you know, I don't necessarily only blame the school administration and teachers, obviously. Uh, I think that the blame should be levied as well on the students themselves for not showing up and on also the parents. Um, maybe the sh- kids aren't showing up because the uh, their home life is bad, so that's on a bit of the parents, or the parents um, are not parenting and not te- sending their kids to school, but also, uh, I don't know, the, um, the kids also just need to have the wherewithal to go to school as they're supposed to be doing. But then again, the uh, Toski, you know, it... With that many people not showing up, something is wrong with the system as well. Again, I know that there was a new superintendent, but I think he was largely let go for other reasons because the culture there, according to the reports, you know, the the reason was that the culture there was toxic, so a toxic culture. And obviously a toxic culture can and probably did lead to a, um, you know, a low attendance rate, but also a toxic culture, uh, I mean, attendance right there's probably other things going on because i think that attendance right alone merits a firing of people 
in charge of the, you know, in the highest levels of the school district, particularly that school. So hopefully they're able to turn that around. Uh, I mean, you know, you can, obviously, it's only, it is 63%, still a majority, but, you know, you really can't do much worse than that, even still. So hopefully they're able to get that turned around um, and uh, looking like the other schools here in northern Michigan. Well, here's a story that you don't hear every single day. Another shocking story. Uh, reported on this story a few weeks back regarding uh, vandalism at the Bay Mills Cultural Center that has been estimated to be $20,000 plus in damage. And the culprits have been identified. They're probably not exactly who you think they are. According to police, four children ages 8 to 13 were solely responsible for the devastation of the center that was used for funerals, weddings, and other tribal ceremonies. The children are being taken to tribal court and are expected to end up doing community service on top of their sentence and other restitution requirements. Um, you know, initially, the crime could have been anything. A simple break-in to maybe even a hate crime. The reports uh, are going to be few and far between considering the suspects' ages. Um, they're obviously not going to do name, identity, anything of that nature, pictures or anything. Um, but, and it's also doubtful that their motive will be released. It could just be simple, poor judgment, typical of children at that age. We also don't know if they're from the tribe or not. Um, obviously when you're that age, you know, a federal hate crime probably is not even on the table. It's just simple damages because you really don't understand that whole element of society. Um, but maybe they were kids that were mad at the tribe, that they were from the tribe for some reason and they wanted to take vengeance or they were, you know, it bored, which is you know, a terrible excuse. Um, but there, there's, there's no motive. There's not going to be any identity released or anything all due to the ages of the suspects. And you can't even really extrapolate past that. Um, if they're from the tribe, from outside of the tribe or a mix of the both. So, um, you know, as we usually say here, we'll keep you up to date on the story, but unlikely to be so any more updates in the future because, again, of the ages of the suspects. For our next story now, this is a fun one. A Michigan teacher training video has been spreading across the internet and has drawn criticism from GOP gubernatorial candidate Tudor Dixon and Governor Whitmer alike. A training video offered by the Michigan Department of Education showed a person training teachers to not tell parents about their children's gender orientation or if the child was having suicidal thoughts based on struggles with their gender identity. Tudor Dixon was quick to call out the video, and Whitmer, who is a proponent of LGBTQ members, also took issue with the video, albeit to a lesser degree. Whitmer called on the Department of Education to, quote, continue bringing parents' perspectives into the work you do, end quote. So this is an interesting case study. Whitmer is not getting any love from the far-left uh, activists who believe this admission gives credence to the rights cry of critical gender theory in schools, something that Democrats, including Whitmer, have denied is an ongoing thing. Whitmer may or may not believe her own statement, as this could be posturing for the midterms, or gubernatorial election for her, but midterms overall. Whitmer has positive poll numbers on the abortion issue against Republicans, the other 
hot issue, particularly in this state. Uh, you know, and namely against her opponent, Peter Dixon. However, issues of gender theory are very unpopular across the country. It flipped the governor's race to the Republicans in the usually blue Virginia and has even led to the expulsion of school board members in very liberal areas such as San Francisco and L.A. Republicans are not quick to accept Whitmer's moderate statement on the issue until after the election when ramifications are not uh, as high. However, the gender issue is a very tough line for Whitmer to walk. We talked about how the gender issue is a, or the abortion issue is a very tough line for Tudor Dixon to walk. And now here's one for Whitmer, a very tough line to walk for her. Indeed, her most, most vocal base, although a minority, leads the direction of her party and strongly disagree with, with Whitmer's take on her parental involvement regarding children's gender identity while in school. Moderate Dems and independents, especially those who are parents of school-aged children, are not in favor of such school methods and are very uh, in favor of Republican ideals on that specific matter. Whitmer has a sizable lead in the polls but cannot let a single issue drive too much of her voter base, so she's attempting to walk this gray line on the gender identity school issue. So there are multiple, as always, in a political race, there's always multiple, multiple, multiple topics um, and issues that are really impacting the election. And there's abortion, there's this critical race theory, critical gender theory, this the schools things in general, education, and then um, there's immigration, although to a lesser extent here in Michigan, as we are, I mean, I guess we are theoretically a border state, but there is not a, uh, you know, a pending uh, flood of Canadians uh, over our north border here. Um, I guess we would like to keep people from Ohio from moving here um, on our southern border. But yeah, that's not as big of an issue, but um, especially in a gubernatorial race, if we're talking about state senators, you know, heading to Washington, that actually might be a bit more uh, of a issue. Um, and obviously when we're voting for president. But so there are, Tudor Dixon is 60-40 in the water on the abortion issue, according to all relevant polls. However, as we've seen across the country, the critical gender, critical race theory is a 60-40 underwater issue for Democrats. And so she doesn't want to make this race, Whitmer doesn't want to make this race any more narrow than it is. Um, so, because again, in Virginia, a, a blue, growingly blue state, um, after we saw what happened in Loudoun County, Virginia, with... Um, the indignation of the school board uh, with uh, how they you know, were treating their parents um, on the educational issue and just a couple of other issues they had regarding transgenderism, critical race theory, critical gender theory, turned that state into a, um, you know, a, a translucent red, uh, basically, you know, barely red state to elect a Republican governor um, so, you know, Whitmer is having to walk this fine line because, again, like I mentioned, her base, that is the most vocal, that leads a lot of the, you know, the direction of the party where it goes, is very in favor of that teacher training videos theme. Uh, however, the, uh, the moderates in her party, which make up a considerable number, and the independents, what Whitmer, um, you know, blows her opponents out of the water historically with his independence, um, they are not as much in favor on this issue, so... Great lines. Everyone gets to gets to walk. Uh, last week, Dixon held a press conference where she laid out some plans she would enact regarding education if she were elected. She promoted a plan to give students 25 hours of free tutoring and increase parental involvement and rights regarding their children's education. 
Dixon also spent much time calling for the firing of the state superintendent, Michael Rice, after the aforementioned video was released by the Department of Education. Other topics Dixon waded into were seeking to eliminate critical race, critical gender theory in schools, keep trans athletes from competing with students of the opposite sex. She called Whitmer's letter to the Department of Education's, you know, little cease and desist sort of thing, as poor leadership, saying, quote, Right now, Gretchen Whitmer just passes the buck. She sends some staffer out to write a letter, calls it leadership. This isn't leadership. That's a responsibility shrinking, shirking tactic from a career politician that is well experienced in the art of blaming someone else for anything that goes wrong. So, again, like I said, the Republicans are kind of holding off any faint praise they may give Whitmer for that statement until after the midterms when the ramifications for reelection are a bit lower. All right, we have time for one more quick story before I have to make an announcement that you guys will not want to miss, so stay tuned for the next five minutes here. Please bear with me. But this next story, very interesting. 25-year-old Benzie County man let his road rage get the better of him, and it's landed him in jail. According to the Grand Traverse County Sheriff's Office, the man was upset at another driver for not using his turn signal. They both pulled into the Grand Traverse Crossings parking lot when the younger man started punching the 67-year-old man in the head. The 25-year-old man is facing a charge of assault and is awaiting his court date. Um, so yeah, you don't, you don't do that. Um, and it's a very straightforward story, so I'm not going to editorialize too much, although I will say road rage is every, something that most people face and struggle with. Uh, I did see, I was watching TikTok once, really funny video, that um, a guy's like, you know, it's super common when you're mad at someone driving or when someone's mad at you, the uh, the flipping of the bird, the middle finger, is the go-to gesture for uh, showing your displeasure with someone's uh, driving skills or lack thereof. However, this guy said that something, if you really want to mess with someone, and I, I just can't wait for uh, Northern Michiganders to really just take up this battle cry with me here, is um, when someone cuts you off or whatnot and you have the opportunity, instead of giving them the middle finger, just have a completely flat face, you know, no emotion, and give them the thumbs down because that'll kind of confuse them. Like, that's not typically what you would get, but it's also a sign of disapproval. But it's like, it's almost of that nature of, I'm not mad. I'm disappointed that you always love to hear from your parents. Um, anyway, so that's the final story for today before we get into this announcement here. All right, so... You might have heard some promos throughout the week. You might have heard me mention during the 11 o'clock news hours throughout the week. You might have seen it on our Facebook page. We've been blasting this out over the past few days as many places and times as we can. We have some lineup changes coming to WMKT. So during the 11 o'clock hour, we've been announcing, if you've heard, this is going to be the final WMKT week in review. But fear not, I am not going anywhere. So we have lineup changes also that we have been announcing quite frequently here through promos on WMKT that Ben Shapiro is joining our lineup. The Ben Shapiro show is going to be on weekdays from five or from, excuse me, from three to 5 p.m. And so he will be joining the remainder of our fantastic lineup. Um, he's going to be replacing the chunk, a large chunk of Todd Starn's show that replaced Ken Matthews after Ken was fired. We've been getting a lot of messages that are upset that Ken was gone and kind of not as happy with Todd, but the Ben Shapiro show is a good piece of uh, programming that uh, we have had actually in the past, if I do remember correctly, a conversation with um, with the, uh, the the high honchos here at WMKT. Uh, but final announcement here, you're like, well, Todd Starnes is from three to six, and Ben Shapiro, as you just mentioned, was from three to five. So 
What's in that final hour? Well, I'm glad you asked because in that final hour, we are going to do a local political talk show, the Talk of the North, with me, Nick Rudy. That is right. That is why we. This is our final week in review because I am going to be doing a daily show on Mondays through Fridays from 5 to 6 p.m. Both the shows, Ben Shapiro and Talk of the North, are starting on October 3rd. We really hope you come and join us. I'm going to be giving my actual perspectives and my opinions, something I have not been doing here. I will be a little transparent, you know, from the initial show when I was starting out here, you know, back in uh, February, March, I wasn't really editorializing much at all. And then as I got a little bit more comfortable, uh, trying to walk that gray line of nonpartisanship. Well, this is going to be a partisan show. I hope you tune in. I hope you listen. Uh, you know, I'm seeking to engage the youth on issues as well as I'm a young person myself, but also engage with the uh, the older generation that loves WMKT. We're going to be very happy to have both of you. Um, and I'm really happy that I get to address not only some local and state topics, but also some national issues as well. It's going to be a really fun show. We're going to be looking and reacting to some crazy videos from Twitter and TikTok and the top crazy stories of the day. We're going to talk to some locals as well. And we're always going to keep you up to date on local elections, state elections, and of course, the presidential elections as well. Well, signing off for the last time here. Thank you for joining me on this journey with the WMKT Week in Review. We've had some great guests. We've had some great times, and we've had some insane stories. And it is a sad day when you end a project. But I am so happy uh, to be providing you with a daily show. Again, the Talk of the North, starting October 3rd, along with the Ben Shapiro Show. Talk of the North, 5 to 6 p.m. on WMKT. I'm Nick Rudy, your host. Thanks for listening to the WMKT Week in Review. I'll be back October 3rd. Have a good morning, Northern Michigan.